At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Varey still here at the VEASAN studio in the South Point Sportsbook with Wes Reynolds. We're ready for hour two here and ready to take a look at the Euro 2020. We have finally arrived at the finals here. After yesterday, we saw England defeat Denmark and obviously Italy overcome Spain here. Uh, what did you think about yesterday's matches, first of all, Wes? Yeah, this has uh, certainly been a nice uh, breath of fresh air. I think they have Euro 2020 during the day and it's absolutely delivered, not only for fans and sports watchers in general, but also better. And now we get the championship match on Sunday. Really a busy sports weekend. Usually this time in July, it is dead. And we are struggling for things to talk about. We are not doing so this year because we not only have the Wimbledon final, the women's on Saturday, the men's on Sunday. We also have Euro 2020. We have the Copa America final. So soccer in full bore. Also UFC 264, NBA finals, what have you. But back to this match, Mm -hmm. we do have England against Italy. England trying to bring a rare trophy home. That's been the mantra for the three Lions this year. It's coming home. We're finally going to win a Euro trophy. And they're actually 
favored to do so and been getting a little bit of the early money. England and Italy have met up, I believe, twice in the last decade on the international scene. They lost in the World Cup group stage uh, pool to Italy 2-1 to in 2014 and then lost in the Euro qualifier uh, or the quarterfinals, rather. Italy won in penalty kicks, so Italy has won the last two matches at this point. And uh, look, England, uh, these two teams defensively have been awesome. I think England has only allowed one goal, and that was yesterday in the semifinal match against Denmark, where they actually trailed for the first time. It was one to nothing. And then England, of course, uh, gets two goals. Harry Kane, it's got to be Kane uh, at the 104th minute and added extra time, got the winning goal. So two to one over Denmark yesterday. That was in Wembley Stadium. This final will also be in Wembley Stadium. So England England, uh, maybe the the home pitch advantage, so to speak, but there'll be a lot of Italians in the stand. Obviously, this is the biggest event in England right now, and maybe that this is finally their time because England is always kind of that nation that is very soccer crazy. Obviously, the home of the most prominent soccer league in the world, the Barclays Premier League. So, not that that's all Englishmen that play in that league. They're, of course, very international flavor in that particular league. But if you look they don't have near as many trophies as some of the other soccer crazy nations in Europe, like Italy, like Spain, like Germany, like France. So they're going to get a chance at the Italians. The two best defenses really here in Euro have been Italy and England. Italy has only allowed three goals in this tournament. Meanwhile, the English, as I mentioned, only allowed that one to Denmark yesterday. So when you look at this, uh, you got to be careful with what you bet now here. You don't necessarily have to bet the three-way line, and I've kind of emphasized that throughout this knockout tournament stage of it. You can also bet to advance or to hoist the trophy because you can't advance anymore. You're going to advance to win the trophy here. So there are some different prices on England to hoist the trophy. I think that's about 120 in that range. The pick em is Italy. In terms of like just minus 110 as a pick em, the three way line I'm seeing right now. England, a little bit of the shorter price, about 165, 170 ish. Italians around $2. And then, and then the draw after 90 minutes plus the ad, the stoppage time is a little bit over $2. The total actually has been juiced to the under now. Two under minus 115, under minus 120 in the market. And like I said, two best defenses in Euro. So that begs the question why this is moving to the under. So you could very easily, I think it is highly plausible that you're going to see nil nil after 90 minutes. And stoppage time and that this is going to go either added extra time or penalty kicks. Yes, uh, Matt Brown, one of our hosts on Primetime Action, the uh, soccer aficionado that he is, he said that he feels like he could make a prediction about any soccer game and just say, it's going to be low scoring. And yes. That would be a pretty safe assumption, but nil-nil, that's about as low as you can get. Also have uh, the Copa America going on, so Brazil versus Argentina and Rio de Janeiro. Any interest in any of this? Yeah, interest, I think, internationally here, because Lionel Messi, arguably the greatest player of the generation sure. uh, since Pelé or Diego Maradona, his fellow Argentine, is going for his first international title. That is the one thing Lionel Messi has never done is won an international title for Argentina. And you're seeing a little bit of action on Argentina on the three-way line, and that's my lean as well. I would probably play the goal line, though, and not the three-way line. I would probably take the half a goal, minus $1.25, minus $1.30. Brazil, the big favorite. Obviously, Messi has been spectacular. Full goals, five assists in this tournament. Argentina, though, has not won the Copa America since 1993, so I'll probably have a little bit of something on Messi and Argentina. I know I have some Argentinian friends that are very excited about that matchup. We'll have more coming up right here on My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Alvar here with Wes Reynolds, ready for hour two here. We're going to bring in Tom Byrne from Mad Dog Sports Radio a little bit later on. And we'll also bring in John Anik to talk all things UFC a little bit later on. But before we take a look at today's MLB action and their card here, there's another angle to the Bucks suns game that I wanted to get to here, Wes. The defensive side of the ball for the Bucks, right? Pretty critical element for handicapping the rest of this series. Earlier on Vsin's Lombardi line, Eastman, ESPN, Espen, you know what I mean, ESPN NBA Espen, analyst. Yes. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, just getting through this quicker. Uh, ESPN NBA analyst Tim Ledgler gave his thoughts on Milwaukee's defense. Take a look. Tell me what you thought about game one and how that is going to adjust or transfer into game two this evening. Well, first of all, I was pretty surprised at uh, the Milwaukee Bucks overall defensive strategy when they had, you know, 72 hours to prepare for the Phoenix Suns. And it, they just did not look like they came up with a defensive scheme that had a lot of thought put into it because they did basically everything that Phoenix wanted them to do defensively, unnecessary switching so that their guards, Booker and Chris Paul in particular, could get whatever matchup they wanted every time. They just picked out who they wanted to play against. They called that guy over for a screen. And boom, here you go. Now i got to switch. Instead of having Drew Holiday draped on me, uh, the best defensive perimeter player arguably in the NBA, I now get to operate against Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis or Pat Connaughton or whoever I want. So it sounds like didn't really think that the Bucks were prepared when they had that time to prepare for the Suns. And, I mean, JVT talked about this too. He was tweeting about it during the game. I mean, even when the Bucks went to drop coverage, nope, still mm -hmm. not going to work for them. So, I mean, we're seeing the Suns team total tonight at 112 and a half. With everything he just laid out, what adjustments are you expecting the Bucks to make, especially on the defensive side? Of well, things? and we talked about what Legs was just mentioning yeah. there in terms of what are they going to do if your best perimeter defender, Drew Holiday. They had him pretty much on Booker the entire game. You got to switch him a little bit and have him check Chris Paul because you can't let Chris Paul just get those open mid-range jumpers and open threes when they do that drop coverage because he can make you pay for it. Now, I mentioned that I do like the under on his points prop tonight, but... I think that's predicated on the fact that Milwaukee does have to put Drew Holiday on him and make Chris Paul work a little bit more. Let Drew Holiday be a disruptor, try to be a disruptor of the offense so uh, that Chris Paul's got to get the ball out of his hands and make those other guys, uh, you know, Booker probably will get some of those looks, but Jay Crowder, who didn't hit a shot in the first game, make Crowder and make Mikhail Bridges beat you mm -hmm. instead of having Chris Paul beat you because he's certainly proven he can do so with that game one performance where he had 32 points on 12 and 19 shooting so to legs's point you do got to see milwaukee where they don't have to switch everything but they don't want to completely go in that drop and have brooke lopez on an island and, mm -hmm. and i know legs was on with scott van pelt he's usually on in the post game on espn sports center he talked about that a little bit in that clippers jazz series where rudy gobert in that clinching game for the clippers got absolutely lost it's like okay you're going to drag the big away from the paint and then have him get lost a little bit in the pick and roll and that's certainly what Phoenix did with Brooke Lopez, I think, here going forward. So that's why you saw a little bit less of Brooke Lopez in the second half, and that's why I think his minutes may drop tonight. And you might see Coach Bud go with Giannis and P.J. Tucker because those are two of your better switchers. Obviously, you lose a little bit of size because you don't have a seven-footer protecting the paint like Brooke Lopez on the floor. And we know that DeAndre Ayton can put up big numbers, certainly did with a massive double-double in game one. So that's what Milwaukee is going to have to do, kind of pick their poison a little bit but I think the first thing they got to do the first principle of defense is always stop the ball 
So who do you got to stop as the guy that's handling the ball most of the time? And that's Chris Paul. So that's where I think uh, Milwaukee and their defense is going to lean tonight in terms of having Drew Holiday more on the ball against Chris Paul. Yeah, well, speaking as someone who has a 28-1 to 1 on uh, DeAndre Ayton to win NBA Finals MVP, I, I hope that they are able to kind of maybe contain Chris Paul tonight and then maybe a huge game for Ayton. That's what I'd love to see. Uh, Wes, just a reminder for maybe people who weren't with us with that first hour, what are you on tonight? I know you like a first half bet here. I do, and I did play Milwaukee plus five, didn't get the five and a half. There are still a couple fives out there, and you may get it trading back and forth basically right from now until tip-off where it might go to five, and then the five instantly gets grabbed, and it goes back to four and a half so all about the price here so I do have bucks plus five I also have bucks plus two and a half for the first half I think that they come out a lot more aggressive early on and that's where I think that you're going to see most of the good play from Milwaukee is in that first half so two and a half right now is what I'm seeing it depends on your shop in terms of the vig but a lot of the vig is juiced from what I've seen to the Milwaukee side at two and a half where I think Circus Sports right now has it minus two and a half minus 105 on the Phoenix Suns so that tells you they've got a little bit of a lean on the first half with Milwaukee so the take back on that is going to be minus 115 so obviously you know manage your juice a Accordingly, but basically it's two and a half minus a dollar ten either way. So I do like Milwaukee first half and game. Still debating what I want to do with this total here. I do lean a little bit to the under. There is two twenty-one and a half out here, right here at the South Point as the high water mark. But like I mentioned in terms of that first hour when we talked about the trends with this, uh, usually you see the defense a little bit better in game two. And really, I think the pace could perhaps drop. The pace was really high in game one. 105.1 was the pace rating. Phoenix was 95.6 throughout the first three series here of this 2021 playoffs. Milwaukee was 97.6. So you would expect it could drop a little bit. And then I mentioned 2010, the NBA Finals. Game two favorites off the game one win, which Phoenix finds themselves in that spot tonight. Four and six straight up and only three and seven against the spread. So I think you could very well get a bounce back here, even with Milwaukee's three-point shooting expected to regress, 16 to 36, 44%. Suns also got that friendly whistle in game one, so maybe a little bit evened out in terms of the officiating as well. Well, we'll definitely update this, of course, before we finish off today. But let's jump ahead to the MLB slate now, some MLB action. Let's take a look at what already finished up here. Dodgers and Marlins was uh, 9, 10 a.m. this morning, and the Dodgers did win that one 6-1. to one. Um, Good for Urias, or Urias, rather, first 11-game winner, uh, leading the Dodgers to that win. I know they were trying to avoid a sweep yesterday. Uh, another team looking for a sweep today, the Astros and the A's. So Astros are looking for the series sweep today. At this point, Wes, how do you kind of handicap the AL West race? Well, I think the Astros are the rightful favorite because they're so good against left-handed pitching. Only the White Sox are, are better in all of Major League Baseball. But 2-1 win today for the, Astros, or the A's. They avoided that sweep, a low-scoring game. Sometimes we see that in that final game of the series, that getaway uh, day uh, home unders. And that's what you really saw here. Two to one athletics over the Astros. Montas goes six and two thirds, uh, only walks one and strikes out 10. So a really good outing for Montas today. Absolutely. The other games in progress right now, both in the bottom of the seventh, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. The Rockies are up eight to three on the Diamondbacks who are at home. Uh, and then bottom of the seventh for the Yankees and Mariners as well. The Mariners are up there three to zero over the Yankees. Wes, what is the situation with the Yankees? Is it time to panic now? 
Well, I think they're already panicking, yeah. really, in the Bronx here. They're now 44-41. and 41. They were actually going for a sweep here in Seattle. Last night, it was Chad Green that got the save and not a role this Chapman. Uh, he did not go in in that situation. Now, you know, uh, Aaron Boone is kind of still saying, hey, he's my closer, and but he's kind of saying the right things. But we mentioned last week, Aroldis Chapman has been bad over about the last week and a half to two weeks. So it was Chad Green getting the save. Nobody might get an opportunity today because the Yankees only have one hit through seven innings. Right now, Seattle three to nothing. It was Gilbert against Montgomery. Montgomery, I think, has really been the most steady Eddie, honestly, of those pitchers because we've seen Garrett Cole kind of come back to a little bit to earth. Uh, Mm-hmm. allegedly uh, because of the spin rate and the sticky stuff that we talk about. Jamison Tyon has obviously been a disappointment, but Montgomery has really been their consistent starter, who's a, a guy who's a number four, number five starter in this rotation. He goes six and two-thirds, only gives up four hits and three earned runs and strikes out nine, but he did get tagged for two long balls today. So right now Seattle trying to avoid that sweep against the New York Yankees. All right, well, looking ahead to tonight's game, Blue Jays and Orioles, that game postponed, actually. So that was going to be Alex Manoa versus Dylan Tate. So we now have of... another game postponed, too, that just of went off, we and do. that would be Pittsburgh and the Mets. <laughs> I know Kenny broke that down in the first hour, a very good breakdown, but going to have to wait for another time to bet that. I believe they're going to have a doubleheader on Saturday. God, I hate that delay, especially if you have a first inning bet. Uh, but another game we can't it take a look It also messes up the uh, – I don't know if you've started to do the Grand Salamis yet. I've played a grand slam, not in baseball yet, though. Yeah, where they have obviously the under, over, under total runs, a grand salami. And all games have to go eight and a half innings or more. So if you get a rain delay, uh, that obviously messes up those bets and basically refunds your tickets. So you're going to have that tonight on this short baseball card. Well, something we can take a look at a game that is not delayed yet. Uh, the Royals versus the Indians here. So Duffy versus Plesak at uh, 410 here. So just getting underway at about 45 minutes or so here. Indians have been struggling, as Kenny White mentioned in the first hour. That pitching staff has had some injuries going forward. Kansas City getting the money here tonight. This was actually, they're about a dollar thirty-five underdog in the overnight. Now seeing as low as 120, 115 in the market at BetMGM. So Danny Duffy is uh, going ahead and getting the money here. I would expect at least some regression at some point out of Danny Duffy, considering he's 265 on the ERA and 423 on the XFIP. And usually when you have that kind of discrepancy, you're thinking that there's going to be some regression here. But the market definitely not agreeing here because Zach Plesak is uh, getting the money against him tonight. I did not get involved in this one, but I don't disagree with the move on the Royals. Well, another game that uh, we're going to take a look at here. Phillies versus the Cubs. So fourth game of the Cubs homestead here in the first game, the Phillies won 13 to three. Then they won the second game, 15 to 10 yesterday. The Cubs finally get a win there. Eight to three, much to my uh, dismay because I did have the Phillies winning that one. Uh, But tonight they face off yet again, this time on the mound for the Phillies, Zach Eflin and for the Cubs, Adbert Alzole. The losing streak is over on the North side of Chicago. So a lot of my friends uh, from college, very happy about (laughs) that as uh, the Cubs have lost 11 in a row, but got an 8-3 8-3 to win over Phillies. Cubs have really been free-falling out of this division. And while they're free-falling, the Milwaukee Brewers have been winning more than they've been losing. So now you've got a gap. The Cubs are about where I thought they would be at this standpoint, right around 500. We'll see if they think they can compete or if they're going to sell because they do have some free agents that they'll have to re-sign in the offseason. Now they're eight and a half games out of first place due to this 11-game losing streak that they have. Uh, where I'm going, though, with this game would be the over mm. because I think you may have We've some been seeing t- this. Yeah, you may have some tired bullpens. And with Zach Eflin, 
you know, he's about what he is, kind of an average starting pitcher, 413 ERA. He never really shuts down a lineup or, you know, he never has one of those starts where he goes six innings, only gives up like two hits and doesn't give up any earned runs. He usually will leave you in a game. He's lasted six innings and just uh, are, are just uh, 13 of the 16 starts this year, which is actually not very bad. And he has pitched in the fifth inning. However, he's had to because this Philadelphia bullpen, not very good and also not very rest either obviously having to go deep with the Cubs and uh, you're looking at Alzale in this year in 14 starts he's four and eight 440 ERA he's kind of been okay but he's lost four straight games allowed three runs at least or more in every single outing kind of bottom of the barrel at least in hard hit percentage about the bottom third of the league has a really good slider but the Cubs offense I know is underperformed this year 19th and runs per game but it's been better than I think early in the season when they couldn't get a bat on the on the ball at all because they're such free swingers and they strike out a lot. But I just look at this. I think that the bullpens are really going to struggle here. Chicago's has been great all year, especially Craig Kimball. But if you look at the last two weeks, 29th in the league in ERA, 746 for this bullpen. And who's worse? The Philadelphia Phillies, 8.72. So these these two bullpens have, have really blown these games a lot lately, and that's why you've seen the struggle with these two teams just a little bit under 500. So wind is blowing in, so I think that's why you've seen the total go from 8 to 7.5. But I'm going to side with the offense this year. I like the over 7.5 with Phillies and Cubs tonight. Yeah, well, we've definitely seen a lot of runs scored in those games, as you mentioned. So I wouldn't be surprised to see an over again here. I bet all the yes run first innings on these. And they haven't always come home. They'll score in the second inning, which is just. You can just, bet some no's, you know. We just, I, I did bet my first no in a couple weeks awesome. last night. Did not come home. It was the Yankees game, and the Yankees scored a lot of runs. So I'm just off the nose for now based on everything that's <laughs> been going on in baseball. We talked about the Tigers and Twins with uh, Kenny White at the top of the show. We also talked about Nats and Padres. What about the Reds and the Brewers tonight? Big series for the Reds if they want to stay in the NL Central. And, of course, that is my boyhood team, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Milwaukee has kind of started to pull away a little bit, and the Reds' bullpen did blow a couple games in Kansas City. So that's really what concerns me about this team going forward. Do they have the bullpen? So I am going to try to take that bullpen out of play, actually. And where I would look is actually the first five innings with Tyler Malley, who has been probably the most consistent pitcher in this Reds' starting rotation. He's a top 20, I think think starting pitcher in this league the FIP is a little bit better than Hauser the Brewers in terms of their staff obviously Corbin Burns has been fantastic Brandon Woodruff Freddie Peralta even though he's been a little lucky with that batting average balls in play but nevertheless he's, he's getting a lot of wins Milwaukee look uh, the betting market I think is kind of now caught up to these guys that all of a sudden you see this team pulling away a little bit but the lead is down to six games Reds uh, have been okay they probably should have gotten a sweep in Kansas City but did a save the other night so what I'm going to do because I'm just not sure about this Cincinnati bullpen one night it's going to be Sims one night it's going to be Amir Garrett they don't necessarily have a defined closer and the Brewers much better in the bullpen obviously one of the best in the business with Josh Hader so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go Cincinnati Reds here in the first five and take those bullpens out of play basically what I'm looking at the market right now 110 115 ish is pretty much the price on the Reds and I go with them for the first five
Well, one of the questions we asked Kenny White, too, was about the Nationals and the kind of their recent hot streak. We asked him about whether he thinks this is for real. Uh, Wes, what is your take on this? Well, I think they've been hitting the ball great, but now they have Kyle Schwarber out of the lineup. Kyle Schwarber was certainly a big conduit mm -hmm. to their hot resurgence offensively when they moved him to the leadoff spot, but now he's out of the lineup. But I do agree with this take that he gave here in the first hour. I would be playing the Nats here in the first five and not necessarily full game. Nats bullpen has its own fair share of issues in the Padres. That's one of the issues they don't have is they have a very good bullpen, number one in all Major League Baseball in terms of ERA, about 280. So something definitely to consider there. Uh, we're going to take a look at our best bets next, and we'll also bring on Tom Byrne after that. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Daniel Alvar and Wes Reynolds back here on My Guys in the Desert uh, for my favorite segment, the Best Bet segment. Unfortunately, no WNBA action for me today, so I don't have any Best Bets to hand out here. Uh, but we do have uh, the Best of the West to hand out here. The Best of the West. Uh, <laughs> yes. we'll, we'll see about that here in a few hours, but we do have something for tonight. So uh, we'll go ahead and get to that, and I'll go back to Milwaukee plus two and a half mm-hmm. and plus five. I basically just split it a little bit evenly. I am, I didn't give it out in best bets, but I am probably going to go ahead and play that under in terms of mm-hmm. 221 and a half. I believe that's the best number right here at the South Point. So I'm going to play that under. I do think the defense tightens up. I also think the officiating, they're going to let these guys play at least a little bit more tonight uh, where it's not going to be so lopsided, even though the fouls weren't necessarily that lopsided. I think a lot of it, you got to give Phoenix the credit because they were running good offense and they were getting at least better looks where Milwaukee was kind of struggling. It was like, okay, they get stuck and they get surrounded at the paint. So Giannis or whoever it is, Middleton just kind of throw something up trying to get a foul call. Didn't refs didn't always buy it. So I do think that you're going to get, at least more evenly dispersed foul calls tonight. And maybe the officials are going to let them play a little bit and not blow the whistle on every piece of contact. So Bucks plus two and a half and plus five uh, for the game. That two and a half, of course, the first half. Chris Paul under 22 and a half points. And I did explain why a little bit earlier. I think Drew Holiday is going to be shadowing him a little bit more, maybe not exclusively, but I think he's going to be on a little bit more of Chris Paul. And look, I felt that that total was inflated a little bit. By the way, that's like 21 and a half to at BetMGM. I would still bet it at 21 and a half. He has gone under that mark in most of these games in the playoffs and the regular season. But I think you get that little bias game to game in terms of props because of what you saw last in Over terms of. 30. Having 32 points, as you said, in game one and also the closeout games. He's really been big in what we call the primetime games, even (laughs) though they're all in primetime. When he needs to be. Yeah, betters, look, sometimes emphasize that, especially when we get to the NFL. We'll be talking about that ad nauseum right here on (laughs) VSIN. People are always going to remember what you did in that Monday night game or that Sunday night game or that 425 Eastern time game, like in the late afternoon, like whether it's Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers, where you got the big teams in those primetime teams. TV spots, and that's what betters bet going forward. So, yeah, I think you can capitalize a little bit on the overreaction. So, Chris Paul under his props. Uh, also mentioned uh, Brooke Lopez. I'm interested to see how he is going to get used tonight because, look, sometimes he can really smash inside. He hits the boards, plays like a big guy, and then some guys he's just like a wing, bombing threes from deep. So you never always know what you're going to get with Brooke Lopez. He's kind of been feast or famine a little bit in these playoffs, had some great games, and then had some games where he really disappeared. And Lopez actually did have nice numbers in the first game, 17 points and six rebounds. However... 
He was a starting center for the Milwaukee Bucks. 442 remaining in the third quarter, and he went to the bench and never went in again. And I did not hear of any injury with Brooke Lopez. So really it's Bud and the Buck staff trying to make different adjustments. Do you play uh, Giannis and Tucker together as the two big guys where they can switch a little bit more, stick with Phoenix's guards on those pick and rolls, cut off those mid-range jumpers. So I'm basically thinking you're going to see some less minutes with Brooke Lopez tonight where they've got to be very judicious with how they play him. They can't leave him on that island in that pick and roll. So 19 and a half points, rebounds, and assists combined. And that's where I'm going with the under. And this is a guy that's went under those numbers playing big-time minutes. So I think he's going to play less minutes tonight. So I go under here. He only played 23 minutes in game one. That was the second lowest number of the playoffs. So Brooke Lopez combined points, rebounds, and assists under 19 and a half. And with the Reds, like I mentioned, the bullpen, a little bit shaky for the Cincinnati Reds. They haven't really – they the closer is kind of different with David Bell from game to game. It's either Sims or it's either Amir Garrett or it's Brad Brock. A lot of them, and neither of them have really been consistent. So Milwaukee, obviously very consistent with one of the best closers in the game in Josh Hader. Tyler Malley has pretty much been the most consistent starter all season for the Reds. So Reds first five minus $1.15. As as, uh, we always recommend, shop around. You may be able to get better in the market. So I just basically gave the market average. Well, I see on here, obviously, um, what jumps out to me, the Chris Paul under 22 and a half. So you're trying not to have that recency bias here, but he is the leader in the clubhouse for the NBA Finals MVP. His odds sitting at minus 152 on DraftKings right now. Devin Booker at four to one. Giannis at six to one. Anywhere you would look besides Chris Paul? Well, no, not really. And we recommended that at plus money. If Phoenix yeah. wins this series, it is going to be Chris Paul. So you have seen that adjustment. And obviously, we've had now two days of media coverage to talk about how great Chris Paul has been. And he's been absolutely given his flowers here. But now that's reflected in the market. Yeah, uh, JVT even told us to grab that one is at plus 165. So let's keep talking about this game. We'll bring in our next guest in the next segment, Tom Byrne from Mad Dog Sports, right here on My Guys in the Desert. And if you're looking for a hot tip to bet on, BetRivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to BetRivers app or BetRivers.com and find the game you want to bet on. Tap tips and you'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, and a variety of other sports. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com and New Jersey. Jersey must be 21 or older. Gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. In Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Daniel Alvari, Wes Reynolds, back here on My Guys in the Desert and ready to talk more about the NBA Finals Game 2 with our guest, Tom Byrne from Mad Dog Sports Radio. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Appreciate it. So, Tom, let's take a look at how the Suns-Buck line is moving as we get closer to game time here. I know you're going to be talking about sports betting and the NBA Finals at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. What are your thoughts on the game tonight? 
Well, listen, obviously the Bucks have to make some adjustments. It'll be interesting to see if Coach Bud is able to make the requisite adjustments. He's not known to be a guy reliable in that sort of circumstance. But we saw him against Atlanta. He changed the drop coverage against Trey Young. And all of a sudden they had a lot of success. They were more aggressive in the pick and roll. And so I'm looking to see if they make more, you know, obviously Drew Holiday has to be a little bit more of a factor, both sides of the floor, but especially offensively against Devin Booker, Chris Paul, whoever they want to match him up against. I liked the five and a half when it was around, but I didn't love it enough to get in on it yet. I was hoping to get it to six again. Obviously, market went the other way, which is no surprise. To me, it's not a great number to get involved in. You probably have a better chance of waiting for in-game opportunities at this point. I did nibble at the over. Once it got down to 219 and a half, I thought there was value on the over. Tom, you mentioned Drew Holiday there, and uh, I guess one of the adjustments you, we could anticipate tonight. <laughs> do you think we're going to see him a little bit more on Chris Paul? We basically saw him, for the most part, on Devin Booker on most of these possessions, and Booker got his points, but of course had to work harder for him, didn't have a really great night right. shooting the basketball at 8 of 21. Do you think Bud is maybe going to put him a little bit more on Chris Paul and just try to have your best disruptor in terms of a backcourt defender on Chris Paul because you can't let him get these mid-range shots and obviously when they get the bigs like Brooke Lopez on an island in the pick and roll it's all she wrote so do you expect you're going to see more Drew Holiday matched up on CP3 tonight yeah I would think so absolutely that's one of the adjustments I was referring to a moment ago I know they had a on book a lot and I imagine they might try it again but if I'm Mike Budenholzer, I'm making sure he has Chris Paul because Chris Paul is the head of the snake. We know that. He can get to his spot anytime he wants. He might not be as athletic as he once was, Wes, but you know he's as smart and as savvy as he ever was. He can get to his spot anytime he wants. And so, yeah, I think Coach Bud has to make that adjustment. And I tell him, you know, forget this, switch everything nonsense. You know, I know they fall in love with it, but at mm-hmm. this point, you've got to fight through every screen, make him work, make him feel your presence. He's a physical, bigger defender that could disrupt Chris Paul a little bit. And I think without disrupting Chris Paul, you have zero chance. So that's, it's an excellent point. It's an easy one to see, but will Bud do it? I'm not 100% certain yet. And, Tom, I'm 100% with you. You don't need to necessarily switch everything on this and have to do it 100% of the time, obviously, chase screens. But what we did see later on in the second half of game one is we saw a lot less Brooke Lopez, and we saw a lot more Giannis and P.J. Right. Tucker together because they are, if you're going to do the switching, that's the better switching big guys in terms of those two, whereas Brooke Lopez was kind of stuck on the island. Now, do you think Lopez rebounds in this game, or do you think it's just going to be like, we got to be a little bit more judicious with his minutes because if we get him out there in that pick and roll, pull him away from the basket, get him on the island, he just he just wasn't able to make that cover uh, in game one, so we did see less minutes for him. Yeah, it's a fascinating question because I don't know if they are able to win without Brooke Lopez playing well, but if they don't get something positive from Lopez early, and we know the Suns are going to hunt him in switches, then they're going to be forced to put him on the bench, and that's problematic. Sure, they could have success with Giannis at the five and go small, but ultimately, you know, Lopez could knock down a three ball. He's very good protecting the rim. They need his presence. And so, Bud's going to have to figure out a way to keep him on the floor. I will say this in Lopez's defense because everybody's clowning on him. He was actually better in some of those coverages out on the perimeter than people know. If you go break down the film, he actually was. People who are paid to do so told me as much, and I trust him. 
I, I don't know how it's going to play out tonight. I'm sure Bud probably has an idea, but I think he's going to get a sense of how it looks early defensively before he makes any final decisions. That's why this is a fascinating game, Wes. I'm interested on you know, what side you're on. My numbers, i got a player-based model that has this, too. So you would think I got involved at five and a half. The reason I did not is because if you look at the totality of the playoffs, it depends on how much weight you want to put into recent performances. And I feel like at this stage, you should put a decent amount of weight on it. If you just went through an old-fashioned team-based model with adjusted four factors and net rating, this number is perfect. Phoenix has been the better team than Milwaukee throughout this postseason. And so you keep that in mind, and you also have the doubts to an extent about Bud and his lack of changes in past series. So we shall see. Yeah, well, uh, it's interesting because we were just talking about the NBA Finals MVP, obviously, and Chris Paul is the favorite right now, minus 152 on DraftKings. Devin Booker behind him at 4-1, to one, and you can get Giannis Antetokounmpo at 6-1. to one. Huge game from Chris Paul in Game 1, more than we're used to seeing from him, at least in the points side of things, 32 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. Who do you like for the NBA Finals MVP? Uh, Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the narrative and bias play a role in any of these sort of situations, whether it be regular season MVP, whether it be finals MVP, Daniel, you know that. I mean, and it's always been the case. I know players like to get on the media now. You know, I have a million different examples. The best one is 1975. Rick Barry was far and away the best player in the sport, and they gave the MVP to Bob McAdoo. Why? Because he's the nicest man on earth. And nobody likes Rick Barry, complete jerk. So <laughs> the reality is it's been going Which on Which unfortunately forever. is a factor. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And by the way, you guys try to get Rick on a radio interview, just pack your patience, but he's well worth it. It's radio gold. But no, long story short, I mean, the media, you know, James Harden broke this down beautifully a couple of years ago. He was wrong. He should not have gotten the award over Giannis. But he was right about narrative and bias. Everybody's feeling themselves about Chris Paul right now, right? Everybody wants to give him his flowers. They're going to give him that MVP unless Book goes for like 40 and 20 on average. Yeah, and it's a little bit too late to grab that ticket almost at this point, sitting at minus 152. But yeah. uh, no surprise that uh, you're in agreement with us there. So, Tom, thank you so much for making the time. I know quick segment for you here, but uh, good luck tonight uh, on your segment. Uh, NBA Finals and Sports Betting, 7 Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Well, no surprise there. No one, no one's giving me any confidence in my DeAndre Ayton ticket right this. I like that you went down the board though. Went I against went grain. Sometimes you have to do that. Literally. Go ahead and and, and uh, face the herd here. But I do think the herd is right here yeah. on Chris Paul. I went big, literally. Uh, let's talk about the go UFC big or go home this weekend. We'll bring bring in John Anik to talk about it right here on My Guys in the Desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. 
Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN is your betting headquarters for UFC 264. We're bringing you in depth analysis of the McGregor Poirier main event, plus key bouts on the undercard from our full team of experts, including Lou Finnecaro, Reed Kuhn, and Jordan Sherwood. Sign up for the free VSIN newsletter to receive our digital guide and tune in Saturday at noon Eastern for First Strike, our live preview show with updates from all of our fight experts. Get everything you need for betting on UFC 264 and sign up now for the free UFC 264 betting guide at vcin.com slash free. Wes, are you ready to talk about some UFC 264? I am ready. Big event here this weekend at the T-Mobile Arena, and it's always big. Even though no title fights on this card, it's Conor McGregor, and that sometimes outweighs some title fights. Biggest star in the company, and he is in action. Round three, basically, third fight here with Dustin Poirier. I'm just, I'm so excited for the gifts that are going to come out of it. Those are my favorite things that Conor McGregor has given me is just great gifts. So uh, let's bring in someone who has a little bit more insight on UFC. John Anik, ESPN UFC commentator. John, thanks so much for making the time for us today. Oh, my pleasure. Great to be with you guys. Won't be long now, you know. So, John, you've been in Vegas for a few days. You've had a chance to kind of record a betting preview show. How was that, and how is the anticipation for the weekend looking? 
This feels like as sought after a UFC ticket in a long time. I don't have to tell you guys it'll be the first time we're back at T-Mobile Arena with fans since March of 2020, but I'm hearing from people in my life that I haven't heard from in a long time who are trying to get into the building. So the buzz is palpable, and I think it stands to reason that having a crowd and having a more normal fight atmosphere could benefit both athletes, certainly for Conor McGregor being back in front of a crowd in a more normalized fight setting. I think it stands to reason could benefit him a lot on fight night. So what we're seeing so far, John, in the main event here, number one lightweight contender, Dustin the Diamond Poirier did beat (laughs) Conor McGregor earlier this year. So third match of the trilogy, and Dustin Poirier is getting a little bit of the action here early. I'm seeing around town as high as minus 140. I would anticipate that that's going to come down as we get to the weekend and more people get in town. They obviously want to bet Conor McGregor as an underdog where you get kind of that rare betting spot. But what do you make, though, of Conor's mindset here going into this fight? I know your broadcast colleague, Megan O'Levy, did sit down with him earlier this week. They've been airing some clips of it on ESPN really throughout the week. What do you make of that mindset? Do you think there were those that said he didn't take that first one necessarily seriously over there in Fight Island? And I know Dana White has come out and said he's taking this much more seriously. Obviously, Conor McGregor has reached the superstardom of the sport. What's driving him at this standpoint? And does he still have that drive? Well, I think he is certainly of a sharper focus than he was in January, and that could have just been a byproduct of having his family around, the fact that he was on Fight Island for the first time, which was just an intoxicating, weird fight atmosphere to begin with. I think he's in a very good place mentally, but he's back for mixed martial arts legacy. I have long said that he's not nearly going to enjoy his retirement as much without sort of bolstering his legacy. No one can ever take away from him that he was the first simultaneous two-division champion in UFC history, but he has one lightweight win, and uh, he feels like there's a lot for him to still accomplish at 32 years old in the sport. So I would also sort of spin it back to you guys and say, what else is he going to do, right? Like a lot of us in our jobs can sit here and say, oh, if we won the lottery, maybe we wouldn't go back to work. But this man loves to compete, not unlike a Tom Brady, and the only place for him to really scratch that itch, other than a boxing ring, is the UFC octagon. So I'm sort of hopeful that almost regardless of what happens Saturday night, that you're going to see him again in 2021 because he feels like he still has competitive work to do. Well, we know he's not short on money right now based on what he's made in this sport and also, of course, the fight against Floyd several years ago. So, you know, still fighting, obviously, for what you mentioned, for legacy and and I think for pride, and that's just what he does. But, John, let me go to another intriguing fight on this card. I think this is actually a very tough one to handicap, and that's your co-main that you and Joe Rogan, D.C., Megan Olivia will have to call on pay-per-view on Saturday, also the prelims on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Welterweight bout, maybe you could call it a title eliminator fight, I think, here. Gilbert Burns stepped up to fight Usman, which everybody's a step up and classified Usman, and Usman did take care of him, but now Gilbert Burns dropping back down to face Wonderboy, and this is where it's tough, I think, to handicap Gilbert Burns, because he won six in a row, and then he stepped up to fight arguably the best pound-for-pound fighter in the sport, got beaten three rounds so it's like okay how good is Gilbert Burns because he did get Woodley and Maya kind of on the come down a little bit as they were dropping down the charts dropping down the rankings a little bit now he's got Wonderboy here looks like we're getting split action so far but Stephen Thompson has gotten a little bit more of the money early on 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an eliminator insofar as one of these guys is going to be removed from the welterweight equation. And I do think there's still some things, to your point, to be answered on the Gilbert Burns side. I do believe that he's an elite welterweight and certainly had some moments early on in that fight with Kamar Usman, but he is a little bit undersized divisionally. And that could sort of rear its ugly head this weekend. I certainly think Stephen Thompson deserves the distinction as the favorite. His style is as hard and arduous to prepare for, really, as anyone's. And Gilbert Burns said for the first couple weeks in trying to sort of navigate with his training partners, Raymond Daniels, the guy he brought in, said, I really couldn't close the distance on him for two weeks. But eventually it started to click. And I'm just not sure that a few months is enough time to really – figure out what Wonder Boy is doing. So I think Gilbert Burns needs to pursue a floor fight at all costs, and if he's able to get there, uh, his jiu-jitsu is world-class. But I think the fight is properly priced. I've seen Wonder Boy as high as minus 185, as low as minus 155. I would think if you land on that side and, and you see minus 155, it's probably time to pull the trigger. John, looking at the 170, and as you mentioned, title eliminator two against four here. In terms of who's in the mix at 170, I don't think it's been announced as of yet, but it still kind of looks like Colby Covington is going to get the rematch with Usman. I know after Usman's last fight, Colby was with Megan on that post-fight interview, so it looked like that's the fight that UFC had tried to build. Do you see him as the next contender? And based on what we're seeing with this fight, where does that leave Leon Edwards? Of course, uh, the last fight against Nate Diaz he was so impressive but then Nate Diaz went Nate Diaz and almost knocked him out in the fifth round and got him in a lot of trouble despite the fact that the fight was lopsided on the cards so what do you make in terms of the pecking order right now at 170 well I believe Colby Covington is the rightful number one contender and maybe that just speaks to the fact that I believe he is the single most dangerous fight for Kamara Usman with respect to Leon Edwards and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Anybody else that you want to throw into the equation? Dana White, I believe, has said this week that Leon Edwards should should focus on staying busy. Obviously, he has the winning streak in tow, but he hasn't been able to sort of string together high-level wins because of inactivity. So it looks like maybe Leon Edwards would need one more. Were Stephen Wonderboy Thompson to knock out second-ranked Gilbert Burns on a Conor McGregor headline pay-per-view this weekend and then grab a microphone and state his case, that's a fresh matchup. Kamar Usman already has wins over Leon Edwards and Colby Covington. So I think that could have legs. I think Gilbert Burns would need at least one more win, even if he beats Stephen Thompson. But for me, the biggest fight we can make at welterweight that doesn't involve Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, or Conor McGregor is Kamar Usman versus Colby Covington in the rematch. And I think that's the most competitive, undisputed welterweight title. Fight. I was at that first fight between Usman and Covington <laughs> over there at T-Mobile. So you know. This was absolutely an atmosphere, obviously. Uh, some outside things. We know Colby Covington likes to run the smack, and he's got his character. It's a little bit of him, a little bit of a character, but he certainly knows how to build a fight and get the trash talk going. And that was a big atmosphere. That was a loud night that night, of course. Uh, uh, Volkanovski winning the title as well, so that was a great card. Should be another one this weekend, Danielle. Yeah, I mean, a loaded undercard, as we can see here, tightly priced matches. So any other fights that stand out to you, John, or even some advice on how to bet the main event? Gosh, you know, there's so many intriguing fights. I think I'm a little bit too close to it. I got my eyes <laughs> on the heavyweights, Greg Hardy and Ty Tuivasa. It seems like most of the sharps I talk to like Tuivasa. I think the question beckons, can Greg Hardy get over the cardio hump that has sort of plagued him a couple times? As far as betting the main event, obviously I'm calling the fight contractually prevented from giving you a prediction. I would just say 
that I don't expect this fight to go the distance. I know if you're going, I think, over a round and a half, maybe the price is prohibitive. I just I don't see this fight going 25 minutes. So I would selectively try to maybe find a round prop or, or an under proposition that, uh, that is priced properly, but I, I just don't think that we're going 25 minutes. So uh, hopefully that's the way it plays out. John, what we've seen in the spring so far, obviously the show in Jacksonville, the show in Glendale, Arizona a few weeks ago, these pay-per-view cards have absolutely delivered, and they've really been top to bottom, not just necessarily the main pay-per-view card, but also the prelim fights. So, look, uh, we've seen new stars get discovered in these prelim fights on ESPN, ESPN+, Plus, what have you, whatever avenue you're watching. What's going to be the show-stealing fight on this card, other than the obvious ones that are getting promoted with the top contenders, but what's a fight a little bit down the board you're looking forward to that you think could be a show stealer fight of the night type candidate well a lot of people have talked about the last two prelims they're both at welterweight and there are four all action offensive fighters in those matchups nico price against michelle Pereira and carlos conda taking on max griffin but i'm telling you guys that whole batch of prelims on espn are loaded the first fight of middleweight is one i have my eyes on, my eyes on. Kevin giles taking on the south african Drake is Duplessis, and when you talk about stars emerging, I think this South African has a lot of potential. Certainly, Trevin Giles is the more known UFC quantity, but it's always interesting to see what a guy like that can do with this type of showcase. And I do think when, when McGregor headlines uh, or Nathan Diaz headlines, um, I think it brings out the best in everybody. I really do. John, we keep wanting to retire Carlos Condit, but he's not ready to go, apparently. He had that losing streak, but comes back and beats Court McGee in uh, October and then gets the win over Matthew Moro Brown, who had a big knockout win a couple weeks ago. Uh, what do you make of, of, of him right now in terms of obviously he's a very older fighter, but he's still getting it done somehow, some way in the octagon? Yeah, he's in a great mental and physical place. He has tightened his inner circle. He has left his longtime training home at Jackson Wink MMA Academy and just has coaches who are bringing in training partners specifically for him. You know, he's running into a younger fighter in Max Griffin, who is not all that much younger. Max Griffin is 35 years old, but Griffin, I think most people would agree, is the more primed fighter, if not primal. Um, but I think Condit still has plenty of fight left. He's kept the focus on this week, doesn't want to talk about the future, but uh, this is matchmaking at its finest. I mean, I think for a lot of this fight, these guys are going to be standing on a napkin in the center of the octagon trying to kill each other. So uh, good way to sort of appetize you and lead into the pay-per-view uh, that follows them. All right, John Anik, ESPN UFC commentator. You can find him on Twitter, at John underscore Anik. John, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today on My Guys in the Desert. I'll be back tomorrow with JVT and Aaron Renning right here. Same time. Until then, good luck with your bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.